Proverbs chapter 1. God willing, we'll be expounding verses 15 through 19 tonight. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 15 through 19. The title of the message is, The Net Gain of a Greedy Man. The Net Gain of a Greedy Man. Now, last week, Solomon warned us about people who solicit others to engage in criminal activity. Then he gave us an example of people who plot to take the life of innocent people so they can steal their wealth and fill their houses with substance that does not belong to them. It's been going on for a long time, still goes on today. To a young man, the temptation to plunder the wealth of others may sound like a good thing to him. They can think they're tough, they can exercise power over other people and and uh, maybe have a lot of wealth without having to work for it. You know, maybe that's what they'd think if they were to hear that temptation. But Solomon warns us that sin always brings more trouble than it's worth. Mark this down. When something is gained on account of sin, you will always lose more than you gained. But when something is lost on account of righteousness... You will always gain more than you lost. I'm going to repeat that again. This goes with any sin. Not just the sin that Solomon's talking about here in Proverbs 1. But any sin. When, when something is gained on account of sin, you will always lose more than you gained. But when something is lost on account of righteousness, you will always gain more than you lost. So Solomon warns us in verse 15 saying, if you look with me in verse 15, he says, My son, walk not thou in the way with them. As we've learned many times in the scriptures, the Bible likens a person on this earth to a journey, someone who's on a journey, right? Because every day, you know, just moves us on forward in our lives. And so the Bible is always talking about us being on a journey. It talks about our walk. So he says, my son, walk not in the way with them. The decisions we make in life, if you could think of our, our, our journey, our walk that we're on, the decisions, that the choices that we make in life, they determine the direction of our travel. You can't stop your traveling. You can't stop moving forward because every day just moves you forward in your life's journey, right? And finally, you come to the end of it. So you can't stop the journey, but the choices determine the direction of your travel. And the outcomes of the decisions that we make are the destinations that we encounter along the way. If you could think of it like that. People who engage in a life of crime, they, they don't love their neighbor. When we desire something that belongs to our neighbor you know what we're doing we're breaking God's 10th commandment the 10th commandment says thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife nor his manservant nor his maidservant nor his ox nor his ass nor anything that is thy neighbor's so if you're wanting to go steal and take something that doesn't belong to you're breaking that 10th commandment when we harm our neighbor in any way, because Solomon's talking about a plot to commit murder, to commit armed robbery, to steal, and to, to, uh, to, to, to kill in order to get it if necessary. And when we, we harm our neighbor in any way, then we're diminishing the quality of his life. 
And if we're diminishing the quality of his life, then we're guilty of breaking the sixth commandment, which forbids us to take a person's life. Thou shalt not kill. So when we break God's laws, we're traveling in the wrong direction. We're making choices that move us out of the will, the ordained path that God has given for us in his law. And not only that, but Solomon also is warning us to not be attracted to the group mentality that tends to draw young people down the wrong path. When you think of gangs, what do you think of? People helping little old ladies across the street? <laughs> no, no. There's some of that group mentality that always sucks these young people in. And uh, I, I think it's a, a poor substitute for a, a family. But uh, in a church, but it sucks those young people in. And, and Solomon's warning us about that group mentality that tends to draw people in down that wrong path. Solomon says, walk not thou in the way with what? Them. Them. He's talking about a group here. You ever been in a, a large group of people at a funeral? And, I, and maybe it's because I'm going to this funeral tomorrow. I don't know, but it made me think about this. But, but, or, or some other function you've been in. But for me, it's, it's, I've actually had this happen to me at a funeral where everybody's about to leave and, and, and their vehicles and head to some small country cemetery. You're leaving the funeral home, you're headed to some small country cemetery, but you don't know where the cemetery is. Y'all ever been in that position before? All right, we've got a few hands up. And because of the long line of cars in front of you, you got the funeral director up there, but then they don't give police escorts so much like they used to. Y'all still in Rockwall? You do? Sometimes here, we've been in, there were no police escorts at all. And so sometimes the traffic lights get you, and uh, the funeral director is way up there, and you lose track of them. And, uh, and I remember on one particular occasion that happened to me. And, uh, and, and so, you, so if, if you lose sight of the funeral director, you got the cars in front of you, you think, oh, I just follow those cars. Yeah, maybe y'all have been in that situation before. We still got hands going up. But you know what happened to me one time? Everybody was gone and I was the car in front and everyone was behind me and I didn't have a clue where I was going. No. How many of that happened to any of y'all? Anybody? No. Just me. That's about right. Well, that happened to me. And I was a car in front, and suddenly all the other cars are following me to the cemetery, and I don't even know how to get there. <laughs> and I figured that there were plenty of cars behind me who were thankful, as I would be, that they had a line of cars to follow. They had their eye on me. Someone following the car ahead of them, who followed the car ahead of them, who followed the car ahead of them, who was following me. There was comfort and having a crowd to follow. The only problem was I didn't know where I was going. I was going to lead them in the wrong direction. And this goes to show you that when it comes to your direction of travel in life, there's not safety in numbers. Just because a group of people are walking confidently down a well-worn path doesn't mean that they know where they're going. Solomon said in the previous verses that criminals will boast about filling their houses with wealth. They boast that the path they're on is going to bring them happily to the destination of wealth and prosperity. 
We'll fill our houses with spoil, Solomon said they would say. But in Solomon's wisdom, he's warning young people about a life of crime. Now, Brother Richard, why are you talking about crime and stuff here? Well, because the Bible is. And because we have young people here. And because without fail, you'll go through life. And there's always going to be some well-respected business person in the community who ends up embezzling from the bank or embezzling from the business and everyone goes like that. You know what? So we're not looking over anybody. We're going to teach every verse in the Bible just like it says. Solomon's warning us about a life of crime. He's telling people that road doesn't take you to the place you think you're going. It doesn't take you to the place that these people are trying to, to draw you into. Anytime someone promises you a good outcome from a sinful decision, they're giving you bad directions. You got it? Anytime someone promises you a good outcome from a bad decision, a sinful decision, they're giving you bad directions. So Solomon says, look back in your text, refrain thy foot from their path. Don't keep company with these people. Don't make friends with these people. Stay away from them. Refrain your foot from their path. In verse 10, we learn that sinners will entice us. Nowhere in the Bible are we commanded to keep sinners from enticing us. Aren't you glad about that? Nowhere in the Bible does it say, My son, keep sinners from enticing thee. My son, keep temptation from from tempting thee. It's not a sin to be enticed by sinners. That's what sinners do. They're going to try to get you drunk with them. They're going to try to get you to do things you shouldn't do. Sinners do that. They entice. But we are told to refrain. But the commandment tells us even more than that. Look at the words, thy foot. Thy foot. What are we refraining? His foot? Her foot? Their foot? Nope. Thy foot. Excuse me. Now look at the words, their path. Their path. Thy foot. Their path. You see the difference there? Solomon is placing two things before our view. Number one, thy foot. Number two, their path. It can be a painful lesson to you. But you can't choose for other people. You can't. No matter how much you care about someone, you can't control the path that other people take. You can warn them, you can tell them, you can try to prevent them. But in the end, they're going to make their choice. And sometimes all you can do is just pray and weep. As you watch someone you love take a path in life that you know is going to cause them great harm down the road. When this happens, you have to remember, you can't decide for them. You can't. You are not responsible for the path that other people take. And if we had learned that from the scriptures tonight, a whole lot of guilt could be taken off a lot of people's shoulders. Because I've heard so many people... And I've been there myself. I've heard so many people look at decisions other people make and they think, oh, if only I would have 
done this or done that or maybe if I wouldn't have done the other and they start blaming themselves and 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 there's things that we can do wrong in life but you know what ultimately the people who take that path they're the one that's responsible for it you can't decide for other people you're not responsible for the path they take I'm so glad Solomon didn't command us to refrain somebody else's foot isn't that good brother Doug he said refrain your foot that kind of commandment would heap a great burden upon many parents wouldn't it it would heap a great burden upon many spouses upon many loved ones no Solomon said refrain thy foot this proverb lets us know that we're not responsible for their path we're responsible for our foot what path do we take We can't control what somebody else does, but we can sure control what we do. And we are told to restrain our foot from their path, verse 16, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. The action words here show us the level of depravity that man has come to. Note the words run and make haste. Some people enjoy bringing harm to other people they run to it they make haste to do it they don't do it with hesitation they do it with exuberance some people enjoy bringing harm to other people they love the feeling of exercising power over others and committing violence against them just think about the video games adults play today adults notice i didn't say children when I, when I was growing up, only children played video games. And now grown-ups do it. I was reading the other day where there were, in the East Texas area, a man and a woman who uh, were playing video games. And they had a child that had been dead for about a week in the bedroom. And they said, well, they didn't even know it. Didn't even know it woman said, well, I got up to play video games this morning. Didn't get up to go to work. Got up to play video games. And then uh, I can't remember what happened. And they went in there and said they found their little girl dead. Been dead for a week, they said. It's amazing. But, but they do. And, and, and a lot of the games they play allow these grown-ups. Bad enough children, but allows the grown-ups that should know better and should be busy being productive allows them to pretend like they're harming other people whether they're shooting them i saw the other day a video game i didn't even know exist it's where you can pretend like you're having uh viral uh, germ warfare and trying to kill off all these nations and you're you're competing with other nations trying to kill off everybody with germ warfare They get joy out of thinking about it and trying to perfect the skills of pretending to kill people. We're truly a depraved race of people, the human race. We have seen the death and destruction people can cause when mob rules take over. Let me tell you something. You take law enforcement out of society, you'll watch man like you've never seen man before. See how depraved they can be when they're not held in check. In a civilized society, most people 
keep their lust for violence in check. They'll just do it on the video game for fear of going to jail for doing it real or causing problems to them or, or for their family down the road. But not everybody keeps their lusts in check. Not everybody considers the consequences of their actions. They walk into a store. They want a few dollars. So they shoot the store clerk and they, they take the, the money out of the cash register for a few dollars in somebody's life just like that. And they may spend the rest of their lives in prison for doing so. They murder somebody and take away their car. A car that being stolen they can never get a title to. But they'll just have it for the night. Or maybe a couple of days before they dump it. And they'll kill somebody for it. Their feet are swift to shed blood. So what is Solomon telling us? It says, look back in your text. It says here. Their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Isn't that something? Run and make haste. Their feet are swift to shed blood. What are they telling us? They act before they think. They act before they think. They don't think through the consequences of of their crimes before they do them. You know what haste is? Haste is the devil's bullwhip. By haste, Satan gets behind you and he'll drive those foolish cattle to the slaughter. Do it quick. Hurry. Get it done. The devil calls his people to action. God calls his people to slow down and have wisdom. Have wisdom. The devil wants his people to run into the darkness. God wants his people to walk in the light. I remember... I remember one night, a guy was running for me, and he took off running, and we had these bright takedown lights, you know, on our patrol cars, and it lights up the road, and he took off running from me. Well, I took off running after him, and I remember, you know, my, my eyes were adjusted to those bright lights, and I could see fine, and once we ran out of those lights, is in the middle of nowhere. We're out in the country. There's no street lights anywhere. Once we ran out from those lights, it was just as dark as it could be. I couldn't see anything. Well, he made haste. He ran in the darkness. I couldn't see. I slowed down in the dark. I thought, I'm not going to run in the dark. I don't know where I'm going. He made haste in the darkness. And it was one of those big concrete ravines like that where the water flows and he just ran right off just like that it's a sad sight the devil calls his people to action he wants them to run in the darkness God wants us to walk in the light in my personal experience I almost always regret the decisions I've made in haste once you do some things you can't always take them back Sometimes you're just stuck with the consequences for life. So take your time to ponder and apply God's word before you make any decision. Never make a long-term decision in a short moment like that. If you do, you're probably going to regret it down the road. Solomon knows that the devil will try to get us to act impulsively. 
But Solomon warns us that those who would make haste to harm another person, he says, verse 17, surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. What's he talking about? Well, if you're going to try to catch a bird, if you want a bird to eat, a prairie chicken, or whatever pheasant or whatever you're, you're going to catch to eat, you don't spread the net out so he can see it. You don't lay the trap out so he'll look and think, well, that doesn't look natural. You have to hide the net. Camouflage it some. And, and if you want the bird to walk into your trap to, to get snared. How did these sinners entice? Look back with me in verse 13. They said, we shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. You know what that is? That's bird bait. That's all it is. That's bird bait. But what did they not say? They didn't say, we shall have the right to remain silent. Anything we say can and will be used against us in the court of law. That's the net. They didn't say, we shall be shot and killed by a well-armed homeowner in Texas. That happens a lot too, doesn't it now? That's the net. The devil is a hunter of souls. And like any experienced hunter, he doesn't show the net. He just advertises the bait. Look back with me in verse 11. Solomon said, if they say, come with us, let us wait, lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. But Solomon warns us that the net here is hidden. You ready for the net? Verse 18. And they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privily for their own lives. <laughs> See the difference? Here was the bait. Let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. He said, they don't know when they're lurking, when they're sneaking around, hunt somebody down to take their life. They don't realize they're hunting down their own life. That's what Solomon's saying. He said, the, the bait's out there. The bird bait's out there. But the devil hides the net. Underscore the words, their own. In their minds, they are hiding and waiting to take the lives of their victims. But in reality, they are hiding and waiting to take their own lives. They may destroy others in the process. Yes. But not without destroying themselves as they do. Cain found out the hard way, didn't he? Cain and Abel. Cain found out the hard way that he couldn't destroy the life of his brother without destroying his own life. He lurked privily for his brother. Caught him out in the field. Caught him when he wasn't looking with a rock. That's it. You got it. But then Cain became a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. He was cursed. King David learned the hard way, didn't he? He learned that he couldn't destroy Bathsheba's husband without destroying himself and his family. After he did that, trouble never left his home the rest of his life. David didn't see the net when Bathsheba was bathing. What did David do? He made haste. He acted on impulse. That's how the devil gets you. Run after it. His feet ran in haste. But what you do in haste will often haunt you for years. 
What he did to Uriah in a moment's time in the battlefield plagued him for the rest of his life. And Solomon said, verse 19, so are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain. The Hebrew words here are actually stronger than our English words. The word translated greedy here, it means to plunder in the sense of robbing someone. And this word is also the same. It serves as the root word for the next word translated gain. It's just kind of like saying plunder and plunder again. Solomon isn't talking about someone who's trying to, to make an honest profit. I hope the little bake shop back there, the uh, Effie's Cottage, I hope they make lots of money. That's what businesses are supposed to do. But the gain here he's talking about, this, this, this greedy gain, is talking about someone who seeks to get wealth in an unrighteous way. Solomon is saying, this is how it goes for everyone who goes after wealth in an unrighteous manner. And, look back in your text, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. Remember what I said at the beginning of this message tonight? When something is gained on account of sin, you will always lose more than you gain. But when something is lost on account of righteousness, you will always gain more than you lost. Solomon is saying, you may kill someone and you may get their earthly wealth. But when you hunt an innocent person, you're hunting for your own life. You may temporarily gain the wealth, but you will forever destroy your life in the process. Guaranteed. The literal translation words it this way. So are the ways of everyone who gets unjust gain. It takes away its owner's soul. You may remember the story I told you. About this man I arrested in, back in Jacksonville years ago. Who uh, he and a group had plotted to take uh, 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 substance from a home. Uh, and to gain their wealth. And they broke in the house and they, they, they killed that special needs girl. I remember telling you about that I believe last Wednesday. They, they, they had the same thing in mind. We'll fill our house with substance. We'll fill our houses where they're spoiled. We'll hunt for the innocent. And they made haste and didn't think it through. The man that pulled the trigger. He went in. They committed the the home invasion. They took away the young lady's life. And the last I saw him. He was out in a creek bottom. In Mud Creek. Of Highway 79 as you head to New Summerfield from Jacksonville. Out in the creek bottom. Mosquito bitten. Dirty. Sweaty. Been running from the law. Been running from prison dogs. Now he's in prison. He's, he lost more than he ever gained. It's done. He was foolish. He didn't realize that when he was lurking for that person's life, the life he killed was his own. We'll go ahead and stop there tonight. Yes, sir. Brother Shepherd said, sin plus gain equals loss. Righteousness plus loss equals gain. Very good, Brother Shepherd. That's a good quip.
Good quip. All right, we'll go ahead and close there tonight. And Lord willing, take back up in our next verse in the book of Proverbs. Next Wednesday night. Right, Hannah? That's right. All right. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for the night you've given us. Thank you, Father, for your word. Lord, that exposes the lies of the devil. Oh, if only we could teach all of our young people in this world the warnings that we read about tonight from Solomon. Oh, if we could just soak that wisdom in how, how much better this world would be. To learn to not seek privily for our own lives by seeking the lives of others. But learn rather how to love our neighbor as ourselves. I pray, Lord, for a safe trip home for everyone here tonight. For all the prayer requests again that were made. Open and unspoken as well. You know every one of them. And we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.